Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 123. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And I just want to start by saying thank you so much to everybody who listened to last week's episode. I had on my best friend, Amy, who's also a licensed clinical therapist, and we really just talked all about mental health. And Amy shared a lot of kind of pearls of wisdom (laughs) and some great tips to, you know, really start right away in terms of stress and anxiety. I talked about this sort of self-care journey I've been on this past year and starting therapy a couple months ago and how beneficial that's been for me. And I've just had some really great conversations since that episode came out with a lot of you regarding mental health and just kind of, you know, especially with everything the world is going through right now, I think it is such, it's really an important episode for anybody to listen to. So thank you to everyone who has listened to it. And if you haven't yet, I would definitely go back and check that one out because it was just a really great conversation. So speaking of great conversations, today I am so excited to welcome back a returning guest. Mary Susan McConnell is back on the pod. You may be familiar with her from her podcast, the Mama Bear Podcast, which is an amazing show. I love it. I was lucky enough to guest on her show. This was about a year ago. Her and I connected and we guested on each other's shows. And I wanted to have her back on because like I said, it was about a year. It was almost exactly a year ago. It was last January. And her and I talk about this on today's episode, but my, my, how different things look now as opposed to then. And so she kind of catches us up on everything that they've been up to this past year and sort of how quarantine has treated them and the different precautions that their family has taken and all that good stuff. And then we also talk about all the amazing projects that Mary Susan is working on. In addition to her podcast, she has a lot going on and it's all wonderful and really inspiring and really meant for this community for, you know, special needs moms. Mary Susan was the first mom I had in the show who had a child with special needs, but did not have a diagnosis of autism. And since then I've had others and I'm always amazed at, you know, it really doesn't matter the diagnosis or the specifics of, you know, a child's day to day where you can really still kind of relate to everything that they're going through or at least pieces. And that's really what Mary Susan show is all about. She has on all different parents, all different situations. And I love her show. I I, I think she does such a great job with it as she does with all of her projects. And we are going to get into all of those today. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation. I had such a great time chatting with her as always. Like I said, we connected about a year ago and really since then I I'm I feel lucky that I call her a friend now. She's just a wonderful person who I am I'm so glad that I connected with. One little issue towards the end of this episode, there is some a, a kind of a delay. Um there's like some overlapping with the audio. Um but really it's it was such a great conversation. I know you guys are gonna love it. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Mary Susan. Hi, Mary Susan. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I should say welcome back to Adventures in Autism. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you back on. I am so excited. I'm sitting here with my coffee. It's a cold, gloomy day, and I'm pumped to be speaking with you. Oh, wonderful. I've got some hot tea, so we're just, this is like two gal pals. That's right. <laughs> just hanging out. Also cold and gloomy here, but in a different a different part of the country. <laughs> um, so you and I were just chatting. You were my guest almost exactly a year ago. I know it was last January. I can't remember the exact date. Mm. Um, and I mean, life was just so very different back then. <laughs> and like I said, like we didn't have a clue what was, you know, just around the corner. And yeah. 
obviously things, things just look a lot different now. So I was wanting to know everything that's been going on with you guys, just personally, how you guys have handled quarantine. I know with your daughter, you know, she has some significant like health issues as well Mm -hmm. as her special needs. And that's not something that we deal with, like with Mm -hmm. have, it's not, you know, compromised, but I know a lot of listeners that's like a reality for them. So what has that been like for you guys in terms of, you know, just being careful and quarantine and all that? Yeah. 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 My daughter has, um, so you, so it could be qualified as severe cerebral palsy. So she has, um, experience with epilepsy and seizures and she has, um, a bright hot pink sparkly wheelchair and looks one way for yes, one way for no, but communicates in a variety of other ways. And we have a feeding tube and, and, and things like that. Um, I will say her health, we have phenomenally, you know, this time last year, we were kind of coming out of a, a position where we had had some moments in an ambulance with some seizures and things like that. And um, we kind of adjusted some meds. And, and so we've had a phenomenal year as far as we've not had to go see a single doctor. <laughs> we've wow. been able to do everything via telehealth. She has had just a great year in regards to her seizures and, and how that relates with COVID and quarantine is, um, you know, yeah, it's significant because we, we always try to be aware that things like a fever or things like a cold or a stomach challenge can, or no sleep can affect her seizures. And so the last thing that I want to have happen is us having to go with a seizure to a hospital anyway. So I'm already really protective of the normal cold, you know, like, like the normal, the normal flu, any of that. And, and when COVID came, it was like, okay, now we really have to consider this as well, because it's not just, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to consider. And it's also, we have to, after the first, I think as many people did after the first season of quarantine, you're like, okay, the other thing I have to include in this recipe for her is her mental health and her emotional health. And what that looks like for her is she loves school. She needs some social time and and things like that. So we've really worked with a balance of how to make sure she's as protected as possible while also having the resources that we were used to having that really make her thrive available as well. And, and we, I think we've done a really good job and I think our school and our community has done a really good job at that, but essentially, yeah, I haven't been to a restaurant in a year. Um, (laughs) I, we, thankfully we have a farm where we have people come in and out for uh, my husband's work. And a lot of these people are friends. It's in the music industry and everyone in that camp, is already really quarantined so that they can continue to work the best they can. And in this odd time of no touring. And, and so we really have a set standard of what has to happen for us to be within six feet of someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're just trying to do it the best we can, but yeah, it does add a whole other layer when you consider these um, additional, additional factors, but overall, I feel that we have found a balance (laughs) at least for now. That's awesome. I mean, I, it's interesting because, you know, um, like I said, this year's looked very different. Mm -hmm. So I understand um, a little bit of what you mean in terms of, you know, just, just being extra careful with everything because my sister is immunocompromised. Right. So we like that's kind of added another layer to it. So I, I, I get that because like you said, though, it's like balancing that mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's like for kids, I have to think, you know, what can I do to keep them happy and, you know, give them that social time or whatever it is that they need to kind of regulate themselves. But at the same time, my sister lives with us. So I have to think about, you know, her health. Yeah. So there's just always a million things that's going on. It's a lot to consider. Yeah. But like you said, though, it's really just like figuring out what works best for you and just your level of comfort, because, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think it's, it's really like personal and it's up to you to say, you know, this is what we feel comfortable with. And it's okay if you don't feel comfortable with that, but you know, that's kind of how we are. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. 
Yeah. Tell me a little bit about AB school. Cause you were saying that they, I mean, I'm just blown away by, by what they're doing for her. They are phenomenal. I'll tell you it's public school and, uh, you know, we go to, um, the whole, the, the whole County, I think is doing a phenomenal job with this whole, this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And for our kids in the County that are not going to do well, virtually. I mean, you know, for my daughter, I would need to be right there beside her logging on the computer. We have limited mobility. We have our site is, you know, there's her, her means of communication are not going to be, um, it's just, this is not ideal, (laughs) you know? And so when we (laughs) did the original kind of, oh my gosh, we're in quarantine in March, we're finishing up a year and we're zooming with the class. It was just, it, it just was not even remotely close to really anything that she would um, be able to manage for a long time for, you know, right. to continue with her goals. And so the school system has allowed the kids that have really profound, I mean, I know a lot of kids do not do well virtually, but really profound, profound circumstances to go into the building. And so even when the rest of the school system is on virtual and we go back and forth depending on how the county is doing with cases. But even when we're in the highest uh, level of, you know, every kid's doing virtual, they allow the kids with really profound needs who have IEPs that show that virtual is just not going to really cut it to reach their goals to go into the class. And so my daughter, for example, this week, the whole school was virtual every school in the county but she got to go so I'm dropping her off at a school that normally has a thousand plus kids and she's in there with like 10 kids and they do just such a such a good job on the normal day where we we sat down at the beginning of the school year actually I have to say her her teacher said just call me like let's just hash out like what let's brainstorm together so it was like 8 p.m before um you know, school was starting in a few days and we really came up with a plan together that she could, that, that we felt that AB could do really well with. And so this year, some of the precautions that they've put in place is instead of her having three TAs, she has one TA that's with her all the time mm-hmm. so that one person can touch her, can move her from her chair, can help her with um, all of the things she can be touched by her or within, you know, six feet with her other teacher. And then everything else is from a distance. Even her PT stands six feet away and tells them what to do. And they've been doing this together for so many years that these, um, that the staff, the phenomenal staff knows really kind of the protocols. And then her nurse who feeds her via the feeding tube can of course touch her, but that's it. So when you get Mm -hmm. down to contact tracing and and moments like that, we know exactly who's been around AB and they, of course, they take temperature, they, um, really just in their own masks and they just do a great job of being kind of a bubble, you know, and I trust them and I, I appreciate all the efforts that they're going and the links that they're going to. And so because of those reasons, we have chosen to send her to school where she can from six feet away, be with her friends and, and really have a, um, as best of a social experience as possible in a year like this, but they have been absolutely phenomenal that's like so encouraging to to hear because so I literally was just having a conversation yesterday with a a fellow autism mom talking about school stuff and just how disappointing it is and honestly like when I hear those stories like my heart just a little piece breaks off but then when I hear one like yours it like fills it back up because I'm like I know that there are so many amazing schools and amazing teachers and people that really do want to help and like change the world really Mm -hmm. at this. I mean, I don't know about you, but there, there was definitely a time during all the quarantine stuff where as a special needs mom, I, I felt like we were just kind of forgotten Mm. almost. Our kids were just like, like I I was hearing so much about like the seniors that wouldn't graduate, Uh which was I'm not trying to take away from that. Or like, I'm a makeup artist. So this summer I had no weddings <laughs> because I know ton and, you know, all the brides had to cancel their weddings. And I'm not saying I don't have empathy for that because I absolutely do. 
But at the same time, I was sitting at home with, you know, my very dysregulated, mm-hmm. like melting down child and just feeling so defeated. And, you know, we had, there was a point where we had no school, no therapy. And I, it was funny too, because like I said, last year when we were talking, I talked about how great our school was <laughs> and, and therapy. And it was like, we had this like well-oiled machine and then it was like, oh my gosh, the machine is busted. Yeah. Like we have nothing. And it just felt like so defeating. And I, I think, you know, we we turned a corner. Things are a little different now. But like I said, hearing just about like schools and teachers and, and people that are like going above and beyond for our kids mm-hmm. and just trying to give them that that normalcy and really like quality of life. It just, it makes me so happy. Oh yeah. I mean, it. And I'm with you at the beginning of quarantine before, you know, when the schools were just trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And we did end up spending that week and then going, you know, the eight weeks or whatever. And then going into summer, of course, at the house, it was hard, hard. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, like you said, like a lot of meltdowns, you know, and a lot of, this is not our schedule and our whole world just got turned and it was very difficult. I remember when the teachers drove by, um, in the bus, you know, like the last technical day of school and the, all the teachers drove by in buses and they drove by our house like six times. And I thought I was just going to hit the floor and weep because oh. just seeing them was so emotional and yeah. um, knowing that, okay, you know, they're not, we're not in that. They're still here. <laughs> they're still here in my mm-hmm. town, but I'm just not seeing them, but I will again. But yeah, no doubt it was incredibly challenging and still is for, sure. you know, I mean, we're, we're definitely in it still, but not like we were at that moment. Thank God. I hope we don't go back to that. I know that's so true. I know it's, yeah, there's definitely, I, it was funny because you were saying how there was like this, the first season of quarantine. And I'm like, that's so true. It's been going on for so long. There is like seasons yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband and I were joking the other day because he, we, somehow we started talking about Tiger King oh, yeah. and I was like, oh my God. Your King feels like two years oh ago. My gosh. I mean, I'm like, was <laughs> when was that? I feel like that was back in like 1982. It feels very far yeah. away. <laughs> it's vintage. It's very vintage yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, okay. So in addition to everything going on with AB and, you know, dealing just with life and pandemic stuff, you have just been so busy doing so many amazing things. And I, I'm so inspired by you. Tell me about some of the projects that you've been working on and what you have going on right now. Cause I, I'm, like I said, I'm just so inspired by all of it. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I've always liked having, I I need, I think I'm like a lot of people where it's like to watch a television show. I need to also be um, like doing a coloring book or something. Like I just need (laughs) to my attention span I need to be doing things for me to be the healthiest for everybody and so before quarantine started I was working on a book um to put out as an ebook called we're gonna have fun damn it and when when the when quarantine happened I put that on pause and my husband was like you know what maybe you should just keep that going and I was like huh okay so I started with that and so last the beginning of last summer I put out an ebook called we're gonna have fun damn it and after that I had to really um, do what everyone did, which was pivot. I had been planning on doing Mama Bear Soirees, which are um, events where I do a live version of my podcast. And there's a a bar, an open bar. You can have cocktails or mocktails. It's a ticketed event. You get to meet other women in the same boat. And I had really, you know, scheduled out the whole year of 2020 with multiple events and different venues. And it was going to be a lot of fun. So when I realized, Mm -hmm. okay, that's absolutely not happening, I had to completely pivot, but I wanted to still have that connection with women. I loved having the, you know, one-on-one talks with people who get your life and, and, and I, I was missing that idea. So I went into, um, one-on-one, I guess the word would be coaching, but I, I don't even know if I feel comfortable with that term, but like one-on-one talking with women. And it started with what I called a four week intensive. So people could sign up for the four week intensive. And that meant that we would hop on the phone once a week for four weeks and really like work on their dreams. It's certainly not counseling. It's certainly not therapy, but it is, I understand what this life can feel like. And my big kind of aha moment of, wait, I can actually 
do things because for a long time I couldn't figure out how to even go get a coffee and be a full-time caregiver. Still, it can be challenging. But when I finished my, I went back and finished my doctorate in special ed. And when I did that, the whole world opened up to me of like, oh, there are creative ways to get the stuff done that we want. Um, and there are ways for me to uh, really be smart with my energy. And that way it's good for me and for other women. And so I love helping people brainstorm how that might work for them. So I started with the four week intensive and I had um, eight at the time I opened up for eight women and it was, it's one-on-one. It's not a group thing. And we would really just listen. I would listen and we'd work on their dreams. And so it's been so exciting to see. And from that, now I do what I call empower hours where people can just uh, purchase a one-time hour call. I had one this morning at 6 a.m. And whether, you know, it's, I feel trapped and I need to, my, I want to go on a vacation, but nothing's accessible. I can help people brainstorm that. I've helped people brainstorm how to start um, businesses and consulting businesses or writing and getting published in really cool places or, um, four of my clients have started podcasts. I mean, it all in quarantine. And so it's been fun to work with women. And, and from there, then I realized, you know, I, I want to be able to offer some of this, these little tiny tidbits of like tricks that I've learned in a more accessible way, because not everyone has, including myself, an hour to sit down and talk to someone. And so I started what mm-hmm. I call the Mama Bear Daily and that is uh, a, a monthly subscription, and you get five episodes Monday through Friday sent directly to you on your phone. And it's kind of like a radio show; like I keep it really current. Normally, I record at 11 p.m. and upload it at midnight, and um, just because I'm a night owl, I'm up anyways. And um, <laughs> and it's Monday through Friday. You wake up, and they're norm. I try to keep them under 10 minutes, somewhere between five and 10 minutes. And occasionally I throw in little bonuses like this week, I'm going to be doing a behind the scenes video of my office and just stuff like that. But um, it's something to get you out of the monotony, out of the, I call it when you're the CEO of everything, CEO of your house and all the schedules and everything to really focus on you in really quick, quick little tidbits. And so that has been exciting as well. So that's, that's a monthly membership for $27. So all of that kind of works together and it sounds like a lot, but really I have a ton of time to just do what I want to do and hang out because I have some, you know, cool little systems that help me stay. Um, st- you know, I-, I like to work in little chunks and then go have off time. <laughs> so it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. I mean, girl, you are just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, it's, it's incredible what you've been able to cultivate. And it's so funny too, because last time I had you on the show, that was one of the things we talked about was kind of like those little ways that you can sort of like add that joy Mm -hmm. back in. Because from, from the first time I listened to your show, I, I was like, this is Mm. her strength. Like I just knew, like I I immediately picked up on, I'm like, oh, she's so good. Oh, that means a lot. Because I. Oh, it's so true. And I think so often we, we do get caught up in like the day-to-day stuff. And like you said, being the CEO of everything Mm -hmm. and we have, you know, all the balls we're trying to juggle that sometimes you forget, like you can be intentional and like slip in these little fun things or, you know, add something else that is just going to really like brighten your day and and lift your mood. And then it's like the whole, everything turns Mm -hmm. around. And those little, those little shifts, I think, are are so important. And I like how you said you're a night owl. Because remember one of the things that I, you must have said on the podcast, but you, when you were doing your your doctorate, you said you would like basically stay oh, all yeah. night. Like you would work really. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit, because I think sometimes we do. People we get caught up thinking like we have to do things mm-hmm. the right way, or in like you know the like societally normal <laughs> yeah. way. But I feel like you like turn that on its head mm. and I love it. W- what are things like that that you do differently, but it just really works for you and it's given you more time like mm. in other ways? That's a fun question. Um, well, in the example that you just brought up with my doctorate. So, you know, a lot of I guess the typical way or a lot, I should say a lot of my um, colleagues way of handling the schoolwork and the dissertation and and the comp exams and all that was to during the daytime hours, hop into the library and spend a few hours and, and, you know, and for me, that schedule is not going to be my case. And that being, mm-hmm. you know, even if it was 
available to me, like even if my schedule allowed that, that's not my golden time to work. And what I realized was Mm -hmm. I used to think I was um, that I just let everything wait to the last minute. And I realized, no, when I do, I produce better things. Like that's just how I work is Mm -hmm. that in the 11th hour, my, my brain fires in a way where I um, come up with my best material. And so what I, (laughs) and that mixed with being a night owl, what I realized was, okay, my uh, assignments and everything are due at midnight Arizona time, which for me was 2 a.m., depending on where, you know, daylight savings, 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, in the morning here. And so I really created a schedule that worked for me for the ent- all the years, which was Sunday night at 9 p.m. I would brew a pot of coffee. I would sit down on my living room floor with all my books, my laptop, everything, and work my fingers to the bone, like until two or three in the morning. And then I would turn it in, go to bed, feeling like a million dollars. And a few hours later, get up with my daughter, take her to school. And then Monday was my day to do nothing. Like Monday was my technical Saturday, you know, and I would just lay down, (laughs) watch TV and, um, enjoy my, my quote day off. And that schedule is what got me through, uh, what ended up being six years (laughs) of my dissertation. The first few years I would say were were slightly different because of my parenting situation, but the last four, that's how I did it. And it worked for me, you know, it worked for me and it was something where I could count on that and my family could plan around that time. And, and it was, um, it was fun, you know, I mean, it was hard, but it was fun. (laughs) <laughs> I I relate to that so hard because I I'm also I, I mean I would I would say I'm a procrastinator but I like the way that you put it I feel like it's it's more correct in saying that you mm-hmm. just work better yeah, kind of yeah. under pressure um because I've always been that way I've always been someone who like I'm I'm never I'm just like last minute lady <laughs> with everything and I, I I've always like kind of felt badly about that you know think oh my gosh, like I should just be more on top of it. And in some ways I've gotten better. I've had to get better with kids and just mm-hmm. getting stuff done. Um, but I feel like just knowing your strengths and like how you operate, I think is yeah. so valuable. If you're always trying to like fit in this certain box and you're always falling short, you're just going to end up feeling badly about it. And it's like, if there's another way that you can do things that's just as productive, if not more, it's just looks a little bit different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's especially when our lives are already so unique and we have, you know, a very different set of circumstances than most other, other, it's like, this is just one more thing to add to the, you know, we're we're a little different pile. Yeah. Works for us. (laughs) I'm also a so I definitely can it's the best. Really it's the best. Even sure. even like my six a.m. calls, I appreciate because it's pre-dawn, and it feels like nighttime. <laughs> and then I watch the sun come up, and then I might go hop in bed, you know, and sleep until eight or whatever. That's always like the weirdest feeling. I took my sister to a really early doctor's appointment the other day, so we left, and it was still dark out, and we were like in a you know dark dungeon of a hospital and we came out and it was light and I was like oh I'm like I yeah. feel like it's a new day like it really feel like we were gone all night even though it's only <laughs> a few hours it's so funny um talk to me a little more about your book too because I feel like like you said you you were kind of thinking you'd put that off but then you decided to put that out in quarantine I read your book and I mm. absolutely loved it and I, what I loved about it too is that it's not it's not necessarily what you might <laughs> think like I feel like a lot of you know special needs parents who have written books I've talked to a few of them they write more of almost like a biography type or you know a memoir like talking about their and and you have like Mm -hmm. little bits and pieces but I feel like in a lot of ways too your your book is Mm. almost like a how-to book in like how to like how it says (laughs) we're gonna have fun damn it like (laughs) how how to do that um Talk to me about like what, what inspired that and just kind of like your overall mm. message with your Well, book. I really wanted it to be a quick and easy and fun thing to have in your hands or on your, you know, your phone and to read or your laptop or wherever you're reading from. But 
it, it, I wanted it to be just like small little bits. And so I have little tales of, you know, it started off with uh, when I started writing it, we were in a really hard season of getting my daughter off of a certain med that was making the side effect was rage, which is not great. And I was really um, kind of at my wits end. And so it was kind of starting off in this like very real place. But I talk about, you know, my New Year's Eve um, prior where I was having a glass of wine by myself in my minivan uh, just to get like a moment <laughs> piece. And, um, and I include just stories like that, that are, you know, the truth, but also stories that are fun and good, but also the, the real and the raw and the truth of it. And I, you know, I wanted to talk about how I found caregivers in my life because I felt like, you know, are we ever going to be able to go on a vacation? Are we ever going to be able to am I ever going to be able to go have lunch with a girlfriend if my husband's out of town? Like, and he's at the time, you know, he's a touring musician. So it's like, this is significant. I need mm -hmm. to be able to have, I think everyone needs to have caregivers in their life. And I think my shift of thinking there that it was impossible to now I have over 10 that I can trust and, and leave. And now COVID, we haven't had any, but you know, it, it just, mm -hmm. I think cultivating the life I really want for my daughter and for myself, because when I am I always say the happiest, healthiest you is your kid's happiest, healthiest parent. And so the idea of being, you know, shoving my needs down because it will help her really doesn't help the equation of that at all. And the first time I ever had a babysitter come over just for two hours so I could go have a, I mean, a lunch and walk around, I think like the craft, the art store, and I didn't buy a single thing. I came back shocked at how much energy I had to spend on my daughter. And I was grabbing books that we hadn't read and I was grabbing toys that I hadn't taken the time to play with. And I realized, oh, this is very important. Like me being my happiest, most fulfilled self is a bonus for her, <laughs> like a big time bonus. And so the book just kind of has stories like that. And, um, you know, other things like my favorite cocktail recipes, mocktail recipes, hand-drawn versions of these recipes, I just kind of put together what I thought was um, a collection of real, but hopefully enjoyable things to read, you know, like when you're up at 3 a.m. and you want to know that someone relates to your life, you can pop this on your screen and um, hopefully enjoy it. For sure. I, I loved it. I'm going to oh, tell you my do. favorite part of the book because this resonated with me so much. You talked about, I mean, obviously having a child with special needs, you're, and it's, it's, I, we're, we're all in different positions, but you know, your life just looks a little different than mm -hmm. the typical, you know, paint a broad stroke there. And what I loved was you talked about how AB does mm -hmm. um, equine therapy and you had grown up on horses and that was like such a special like memory for you. And I, I mean, the connection piece, and that was you know, her doing equine therapy, it was something that you guys could connect on. And it also, it was her therapy. It was sort of her extracurricular and it like encompassed mm -hmm. like so many things. But then, and then your husband was reading, the, I can't remember what Narnia, was yeah. it. Was it Narnia? Yeah. I remember it was like an older one. Um, and he, he was reading and that was something he did as a child, like read, read the books and then he read them to her and she got like so much joy out of hearing these stories. And I'm like getting all warm and fuzzy <laughs> thinking about this now. Um, that just, that hit such a soft spot with me because I mean, our, again, our situation is different. Everyone's different, but you know, we, we all put these kind of hopes and dreams out there of like what our kids are going to do or things that we did that were special to us that we hope maybe they would do. And when you have a child with special needs, Sometimes A, those things don't happen or B, if they mm -hmm. do, they look a little different. But I feel like when, when you can see something that, you know, like how you said, like with the horses and like that, what joy that sparked in you and that giving the same kind of joy to AB, that's just like so beautiful. It's such an amazing, like mm -hmm. just magical thing. Talk to me a little bit about that and like what, because you said you kind of made that realization about like, oh, this is like, she's getting to do the yeah, same stuff. Yeah. It just looks I, different. When we started the equine therapy and I was standing there and they put her on the horse. She was three at the time. 
she threw her head back and smiled. All her teeth were showing, like smiling so huge. And all of a sudden in that moment, it hit me. Oh my gosh, she's getting what I had as a child. And I had not even allowed myself to even, like I hadn't even considered, will she ever be able to ride horses and do what I did growing up on a farm? Like that had never even, I I, I just, it, it was one of those things where it hit me the beauty of our similar circumstances, like we're going to both have been able to have this experience. And um, it was, it, I mean, it like almost made me buckle. Like, I think I cried right there on the spot. And <laughs> that helped me know that while, you, you know, the, the, like you said, the experiences and kind of the expectations or the hopes that what you enjoyed as a child, you can see your, you know, see it be passed on. There are these moments where I look and I go, you know what, this is even more magical than I could have dreamt. Like she loves horses to a Mm -hmm. degree that is beyond what I could have ever dreamed. I mean, she laughs her (laughs) tail off the entire session sometimes. I mean, to the point that every, then everyone Mm -hmm. starts laughing. It's so contagious. And the community that I have there with the women, you know, now we've been going there for years and years and years. It feels like home to me. And and that is something that I didn't know to hope for either, you know? And so there's these magical things where I look mm-hmm. and go, wow, this is like what I could have dreamt in 5D or something. Like this is like beyond. <laughs> it's so, and I really hold on to those mm-hmm. moments. It doesn't mean that there aren't others where I go, wow, this one, this hurts because of blank. But this, these moments are so mm-hmm. rich that I just allow myself, like when I go in there, I take five, like, I just find myself breathing deep and allowing that to be really present. And it's just, um, it's a really, it's a really, really special, a, a special thing to witness and a special thing to have every week and a special thing to include with the community. And so I just, I just love it. Oh, I, like I said, I just feel all warm and fuzzy thinking about that because I think, and, and it's funny too, because we know we're coming off Christmas now. I talked about this. I did an episode right before Christmas, um, just talking about like the differences of my childhood and, and, and Logan's. And I don't know what it is about those childhood memories that we like <laughs> hold so close to us. There's so much emotion tied up in it. And it's funny because like for him, and of course, after I, put out this episode he surprised the heck out of me um but in the past christmas has just not been a big deal to him and you know he's not really like he's he loves anything related to christmas like he loves christmas songs he loves christmas movies and decorations so like that's that's really fun but he doesn't have that like you know christmas excitement like ready to tear into his present and yeah now of course like i i'm so blessed that Mm -hmm. i have two daughters and they're they and they like more than make up for that because they're they're just little <laughs> greedy monsters. <laughs> so they they definitely that that part gets filled anyway. Um, but then this year it was amazing. He oh, wow. wanted to open all of his presents and he was like tearing into the wrapping paper. And I mean, it was the same thing. I was like fighting back the tears because I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's he's so excited. Like he's eight, and I feel like we this was the first year we had like a kind of traditional Christmas with him and it was like such a beautiful thing but oh my gosh it was like that made my I'm gonna get teary thinking about it now that made my Christmas honestly seeing him like it was just it was just amazing watching him open his presents and and it was funny too because I had talked about how I don't think presents are what matter to him and and they're not like he's just he's not a kid who's looking for toys or he's not gonna like like my daughter's like any commercial they see for any Barbie or toy or whatever. They're like, I want that. Like, he's just not like that, but he loves candy. So I'm like, I'm just going to wrap up a bunch of boxes of candy and all different kinds. And that's what I did. And I, and I honestly think that's mm. why he maybe was excited to open the presents because he opened the first one and he was like, yeah. oh, I actually <laughs> want this. This is candy. <laughs> so it was like, I, when you let go of like those preconceived notions of like, I have to buy him toys or I have to get, you know, a puzzle or a game or something and, and just gave him what he wanted. Then it was like, I got what I wanted, which was like yeah. this magical Christmas moment. So it's just so funny how, how the Love world it. works. Um, but what, I, what I'm trying to get to is hearing you talk about 
you know, your this experience from your childhood with the horses and then getting to see AB experiencing that in her own way. And like you said, it's it really almost makes it like that much better because mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. as expected. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it exactly. It, it is like it's like your Christmas morning experience. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, same. I really could talk to you all day. Um, but I just realized as you were talking uh, to end this, Ooh. I want to flip the script on you because you always oh. ask three questions when you end your podcast. I didn't know. I love it. This. Well, so you don't I don't answers, know what I'll say, I but follow- we'll find out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm going to ask you your your three questions. Also, because one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about anyway, because I know you're, the first question is, are you mm-hmm. sleeping? And I know that's been rough for you guys lately. So I'm curious well, to hear this, this you know, answer. I will say we're in a great position with sleep because my daughter is sleeping right now. I did go back. I had a telehealth appointment with our neurology team and said, because thank God, I mean, we've been through many seasons of sleep, but the season we are in now, she falls asleep with, with the help of some nighttime meds at her bedtime. But then she was waking up at about one or two. And then we had just had to be up. And, um, we have been given the yeah. clearance to give her a smaller dose. If she wakes up in the middle of the night, that has been working. So she is sleeping. We get up in the middle of the night sometimes and give her, you know, occasionally at the smaller dose, she has been sleeping. I have not been sleeping mm-hmm. so great because I am just kind of wired. <laughs> I'm just kind of up and thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I said today, I've got to find a way to, um, really, just crash. I've got to be able to crash at night and, and get that rest, but I will take it any day of the week. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm the one that's not, you know, I'm the one causing the lack of sleep. I'll take that. So I'm thrilled that she is sleeping. I will say that is a huge bonus. Well, I'm very glad to hear she's sleeping. Uh, I'm sorry you're not sleeping. And I feel like that is so often the case is like a lot of times it's like the kids are sleeping, but then yeah, your, your brain, or, or especially cause you were maybe yeah. also cause you were used oh. to waking up with her so much, like your body just got into that, probably, you so. know, that, that kind of routine. Uh, I have an answer what for is you. This? It's called Unisom. <laughs> Unisom is an over the counter drug. <laughs> um, I actually, the, my, the first time I started taking it, I was pregnant with, um, my third with, with Layla and I was very, very sick. And there's like a a really expensive prescription medicine. I think it's called like Diclechus or something. And, but basically like the components of that is it's Unisom and B6. And, and those two together are somehow supposed to help with nausea. So my doctor was like, try this. And I realized I couldn't really do that because the Unisom just knocked me out and I was so tired, but I was like, Oh wow, this, this Unisom actually really works. So when oh my I gosh, sleep, it's over the counter. It's over the counter. My sister takes it now. She takes, she literally takes it every night because she's just having a hard time sleeping and it just, it, it puts her to sleep. And I take it, I mean, probably like at least a couple times a week, just because like you said, like I, it's, I know like eventually I'll fall asleep. I don't have a hard time sleeping. I always (laughs) joke. I'm like, I sleep like I'm dead. Like I, like once I sleep, that's it. Like there it's really, it's almost impossible to wake me up, but I have a very hard yeah. time like putting myself to bed and like turn my brain off and just like ready to relax. And Unisom just takes over and knocks all that out. And I'm able to just fall asleep. And it's totally like you could take it. All, like I said, my sister, it's cleared by all her doctors, a hundred percent. Oh my God. Not going to mess with that. Okay. I'm writing it just down. Fall asleep. <laughs> you definitely. Um, okay. So then the next question would be, uh, okay. A recent recent defeat. defeat. Um, you know, I, let me think, cause I have different directions. I could take this. Um, (laughs) you know, I think a, I'll tell you a very, a funny one. Um, I am really, not great at, um, like I can't stand doing the mail. Like I can't stand going to the mailbox and getting (laughs) the mail. I don't mind going to the mailbox. That's a lovely experience. I can't stand going through the mail and like throwing out the stuff, organizing everything, deciding what needs to be filed, what has to be paid, what has to be dealt with. That is just a process that I absolutely don't 
do well. And I have found a birthday invite that was sent to me and that was in this stack. And um, not only did I not go because I didn't know this thing. Well, and it was, you know, kind of, it was a pandemic friendly situation, but not only did I not go, I never RSVP'd. Mm -hmm. I never did anything because I'd never opened the freaking (laughs) invitation. And I would like to say that's the first time this happened. It is not. It is not. So I currently feel very behind. It's not necessarily a big, it's, it's a teeny tiny defeat, but you know, that feeling where something you, it sinks because you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I missed this one. Not a big deal. But um, I did have to call and be like, you know, that invitation you sent me six weeks ago, um, just now opened it. And I hope you had a lovely birthday party, uh, you know, back in December. <laughs> Love y'all. Oh, well. <laughs> Oh, well, so organization in that capacity is a constant um, uphill battle. But you know what? I have hope for I have a hope for a better future in regards to that, (laughs) in regards to that part of my life. You know, like we just talked about, we all have our strengths. You know what? We all have our weaknesses, (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, you got to You got to take the good with the bad. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, okay, so then we'll end on a, happy um, note. a recent What's victory. A recent victory? I would say is, you know, seeing my daughter be able to go to school, see her put on her clo- cozy clothes that she got at Christmas, and, and go in and be with her teachers. And like I said, this is the first week back, and everyone's virtual, but she is able to go and be in that building and get her. Um, not only do they, you know, she she also she's in an inclusive classroom. So the rest of her peers are on Zoom. And so they Zoom in with her. You know, she goes to school and then she sits beside her TAs and teachers and they Zoom into the virtual learning. And then when it's her time to go do speech or do her other things, then she logs off. And um, so for her and then they can, of course, sit there and do like the hand over hand activities and they can modify the lessons and all of those things right there on the spot. And so to see her go in and be excited and she starts just smiling huge as soon as we turn into the driveway of school and then roll out and hear about her day, you know, I'm just, it's a huge victory. It's a huge victory. And and it's a lovely thing to, at the end of every day, get to talk to her and read her folder and see what's happening in her, her world that, um, you know, I, I think it's healthy that she has this whole world that does involve me, but it also doesn't, you know, she can tell me about it and. Um, it's just a real gift, especially during this season for her to have that community that feels safe. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I feel like that, you know, for parents like us, I feel like that always feels like a gift, but especially now, like, especially now having like happy days where they're excited to go to school and like ready to, to learn and just enjoying all of it. Like that's always a bonus. But it's like now these these little things that were once, you know, considered like just mm-hmm. run of the mill every day. Yes, it's like they these do. really feel like a they luxury. Really, really do. <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely mm-hmm. has has shifted the perspective for sure. Well, Mary Susan, it has been a delight as usual to chat with you. Can you share with everyone where they can uh, find you and all well, your first of all, thank you for having me. When you invited me back on, I got so excited. And I woke up like just Yay. thrilled that I'd get to chat with you. You're one of my favorite people. And I'm just honored to be back on your show. Um, and the way people can yeah. find me the easiest is, well, if you're on Instagram, I'm at Mary Susan McConnell and it's M-A-R-Y-S-U-S-A-N. And then for my last name, um, I always say when in doubt, double it. So it's M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. <laughs> and from there, you can go to my links. Um, that's easy. But if you're not on Instagram, you can go to MarySusanMcConnell.com and find everything there. And um, yeah, I would love for people to connect with me. That would be amazing. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Thank and sure you. And enjoy your uh, <laughs> gloomy, your uh, gloomy cold day as well. I'm about to go get another oh, cup of hot tea. Timing. I just finished the one that I was drinking. So thank you. You too. You too. <laughs> All right. You take care. Bye. 
For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like Something Borrowed or Something Blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Mary Susan. Isn't she just a delight? I really, every time I get to talk to her, I just thoroughly enjoy it. And I am so inspired by her. I just love her, her realness. She is, she's so heartfelt and real. And I really appreciate that. She also very generously wanted to offer 30% off her empower hours for my listeners. So if you are interested in chatting with Mary Susan, if you have an idea you want to work on, or kind of like she said, if you're just looking for help kind of figuring out the day-to-day stuff like scheduling or figuring out how you can take that vacation or just sort of looking for more time for yourself, finding caregivers. She really is so good at all that. (laughs) So if you are interested in doing that, you can send her a DM on Instagram, just Mary Susan McConnell, or you can email her at the mama bear podcast at gmail.com and just let her know that you're a listener and she will give you 30% off that empower hour. So that is super exciting. Honestly, I might need to book one. (laughs) She really is that good. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at adventures and autism pod, or on Facebook at adventures and autism podcast, or you can email me at adventures and autism 2018 at yahoo.com. And again, I love hearing from you guys. If you have questions, feedback, a comment about the show, let me know. If you're enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, those really help people to find the show. And they also just make me really happy. So (laughs) thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care.